The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome new listeners joining us in San Francisco, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Denver, New York City, and from coast to coast, including new friends in Alaska and Hawaii. I also want to take a moment to welcome our men and women in the armed forces who are serving us abroad and tuning in over the Internet today. Thank you for catapulting the Costa Report to one of the fastest fastest growing news programs in the country. We're going to tackle a subject that affects everyone and anyone who uses the Internet, and that is the subject of new regulations the government is putting into place, allegedly designed to protect individual privacy and regulate illegal activities. Drew Johnson, the National Director of Protect Internet Freedom, a nonprofit organization with over 1.6 million supporters, will be joining us to get to the bottom of the new regulations and what impact they're going to have on all Internet users. But before Mr. Johnson joins the program, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Drew Johnson was born in Johnson City, Tennessee. He earned his undergraduate degree from Belmont University in Nashville and his graduate degree from Pepperdine University. Johnson served as the founder and president of the free market think tank Beacon Center and also the opinion editor of the Chattanooga Times Free Press. He has been a columnist and chief editorial writer for the Washington Times, policy analyst for the National Taxpayers Union, served multiple terms on the Tennessee Commission on Children, and was a member of the Tennessee Advisory Committee to the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Many who know him would say that public service has been an ongoing theme throughout Johnson's life, and they would be right. In addition to being the National Director of Protect Internet Freedom, Mr. Johnson is also a senior scholar at the Taxpayers Protection Alliance and writes for the Daily Caller, among other publications. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, Mr. Drew Johnson. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Johnson. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for that warm introduction. Now, I think it's safe to say that more people use the Internet than are aware of the regulations the government is presently putting into place to control and censor the Internet. Now, you claim there is a power grab underway. So for those of us that are not familiar with the proposed regulations, let's start with exactly what those regulations are and how they impact the person on the street. Absolutely. So right now we're seeing sort of a a battle between the FCC and the Obama administration. And frankly, you and I, just regular users of the Internet, um, there's a real power grab uh, in Washington over who gets special benefits. Uh, Our argument at Protect Protect Internet Freedom is that nobody should get them, that the Internet should be basically uh, free of government overreach and allowed to be this – this real haven for uh, democratic debate and opportunity and entrepreneurship. Uh, some of the real issues that we're seeing right now involve things like uh, privacy, where the government says that it's trying to help secure individuals' uh, privacy as they use the Internet. But frankly, what we're seeing is privacy isn't at all what the topic is about. It's about uh, punishing certain businesses and awarding others. And uh, we see other issues like municipal broadband, um, zero rating, free data issues that really all come down to who should uh, who should manage the Internet and how much control should the government have? 
Well, now, how would this affect someone who's just sending emails or posting on social media or shopping on the Internet? Give us a specific example on how this might affect us. Absolutely. Well, one one example is with the um, free data example I just mentioned, zero rating, which basically allows people on their cell phone to have free data to access certain websites and to stream certain content. And the government is saying, no, uh, or certain people in the FCC are saying, no, you shouldn't be allowed to have access to free data. Uh, you shouldn't have the opportunity to have uh, to, to watch certain things for free or to go to certain websites for free. The problem with that, obviously, is that it restricts our freedom to to get uh, data and to get things over the Internet. And I know growing up in rural Appalachia, uh, relatively poor, that to have access to the to the Internet basically for free uh, would be would have been such a such a, a pleasure and such a great opportunity for me to sort of see the greater world and opponents of, of this idea are saying, no, you shouldn't have access to free Internet. It's a really a, a concerning issue. So, in other words, they would ask service providers to charge you for, uh, let's say, looking at educational videos over YouTube. Exactly. One good example of this um, is something that's being offered by uh, T-Mobile right now. And um, that that service basically allows you to to watch uh, certain content for free with no um, no data uh, applied to your data caps, and that's something that we're all aware of. You know, we all all know when we're getting close to our our data limit, and we don't want to have to pay the overage fees. Uh, in this case, you wouldn't have to pay anything for uh, the content that you're doing, and what that does is it frees up content for you to, to, you know, other content, other uh, other data opportunities uh, so that you can, you know, go surf the nest or get on Facebook and talk to your friends or whatever the case may be. But that's that's a real example of the government micromanaging the Internet or thinking about micromanaging the Internet in a way that impacts you know, tens of millions of people, if not more than 100 million people in the United States. Why not just let the independent service providers like T-Mobile make the decision as to what they want to charge for and what content they'd like to offer free. See, from my perspective and the perspective of Protect Internet Freedom, we believe that is how it should be because there are so many choices for Americans. Uh, we believe that if if one provider doesn't doesn't offer what you want, then you've got all the opportunity in the world to go to 10 other providers. Uh, what the government is seeing now, or what the, uh, the uh, Federal Communications Commission is seeing, is this push by this um, sort of ivory tower elite uh, who basically are the same folks behind uh, the net neutrality push. So we're talking about um, the Ford Foundation, George Soros, and, and there's basically a network of, of um, organizations that are kind of more or less front groups for those two foundations that work together to make it look like there's this big push for net neutrality and for getting rid of free data, uh, when in fact, it's not. there's not a big push. Most people are opposed to the idea of government ultimately taking away your ability to get something for free from uh, from, um, you know, a, a, a service provider, an Internet provider. But uh, so, what I guess what I'm getting at is, but yeah. why? Uh, what, what, does, what benefit does it give the government, right, to interfere with what's free and what's not? What do they get out of that? Basically, the, they get, the first thing they get is applause from the people who push for net neutrality in these foundations and these organizations. Uh, ultimately, the what these groups make it appear at, to be uh, these sorts of fights is about uh, leveling the playing field. It's about making sure that everybody gets everything free and equal. But the problem with that is that, first of all, it takes away a lot of the great things that the Internet has brought us. Uh, it takes away our ability to uh, use certain websites for free, as I mentioned before. And it really restricts the the will of Internet service providers and other people from coming in and putting in their money, uh, investing uh, to give us opportunities as consumers. And so it, it's really concerning threat uh, that this has become more and more prevalent, that the, that the thought that we should all have um, this level playing field when there's no real need for it 
and there's so much detriment to it. Right. So I think what you're saying is it's just basically interference with free market principles that would uh, ultimately decide what's free and what's not. Uh, that would the, the market would naturally take care of that without uh, interference. Exactly. We have to take our first break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back with more from Drew Johnson. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call a place for mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. A place for mom is a free service and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. The holiday season is just around the corner, and I want to share one of my favorite tips for being able to avoid that last-minute dash to buy something that screams, I didn't put much thought into this. Now imagine a different scenario this year. Imagine the surprise on your loved one's face when they open the first page of the Watchman's Rattle and see a custom dedication in their name by the author. The best part is it's so easy. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com, do it right now, and click on the book cover and presto. In less than three minutes, you can request the inscription you want. So do it now. Go to RebeccaCosta.com, and this year, give an affordable, thoughtful gift that says, this is for you and only you. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Let's celebrate. Think Local First Day in Santa Cruz. Yes, Thursday is the first ever Think Local First Day in Santa Cruz. And as a member of the locally owned business community, you're invited to join the celebration at Think Local First's annual holiday kickoff mixer Thursday 5 to 7.30 at the KSCO Party Plaza. Come dress for the sunset and celebrate with a speech from the mayor and other very important people. Live music from Danceland, guided tours of KSCO's historic studios, a hosted microphone to tell the world about your business, turkey dinner tastings from the Turkey Boat, pumpkin pie from Beckman's, brews from Nubo, wine from Santa Arcangeli. It's Thursday, the first ever Think Local First Day in Santa Cruz. Dress for the sunset, join your friends and neighbors from the locally owned business community Thursday, 5 to 7.30 at the KSCO Party Plaza. Celebrate Think Local First Day Thursday, 5 to 7.30 at KSCO. Newspapers are just as good an advertising medium as radio. Sure, driving home at night, you can enjoy your newspapers. It lies there on the seat. And there's another good thing about newspapers. You can read them while you're rushing to get ready for work in the morning, right? Who listens to radio? That go where you go medium called radio. That's with you every night through the long commuter fight. And in the morning with your toast and mama lady Who listens to radio? No matter if it's summer, winter, spring or fall. Back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is the National Director of Protect Internet Freedom, Mr. Drew Johnson. 
Now, most people believe they enjoy a certain amount of privacy on the Internet or they wouldn't be sending um, many of the emails and photographs that they do. But but you point out that we are unaware of just how much information about us and our activities are being collected. So let's take a, a the new Pokemon Go application, for example. Tell us what kind of information is being collected about the folks who are playing this new Pokemon Go. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's a real example of um, uh, how your information is taken and then ultimately sold and, and used and companies profit from it. Uh, with Pokemon Go, you can actually see uh, your exact location, uh, how long you've been there, uh, how long you've been on the app, um, other places that you go even when the app's not uh, up and running, um, your website, or your uh, email address, who, who you're talking to. Uh, it's it's really basically everything that someone would want to know about you, um, and uh, then the companies, uh, the company behind Pokemon Go, is able to sell this information and make money off of it, uh, which obviously is the trade off you make if if you're getting something for free, uh, if you're using. Now, there's a reason you don't pay for Gmail. If, you, if you're using an app like Pokemon Go, um, and it doesn't cost any money, there's a reason for that. Well, the reason is that that data that they collect on you is valuable, and rather than charge you for the application, they sell the data and make money off of you. That's exactly right, and, and that sort of opens up a uh, another conversation about uh, government overreach, which is uh, a new FCC privacy rule that uh, the FCC is considering uh, putting into place. So this new privacy rule, uh, it, it's really um, corporate cronyism at its worst because what it does is it uh, puts really strict restrictions on um, Internet service providers. So the people that you pay your monthly bill to uh, to use the Internet uh, regarding collecting your privacy, selling your privacy. The problem is that those companies don't actually do that very often uh, because they don't need to. They make the money when you pay your cell phone bill or your cable bill or your Internet bill, whatever it may be. Uh, the people who um, end up making money off of you, off of your data, are the Googles and the Facebooks and the Pokemon Goes and all these folks who literally what they do, how they make money how Google is such a big company, how Facebook is such a big company, isn't by subscriptions or your payments to them, it's by selling your data. And so the FCC, in all its wisdom, has decided to really crack down on Internet service providers while doing nothing at all about um, these what, what are called edge providers, these websites and, and apps that, that actually do collect your data and sell it. And so the reason that we've seen that is sort of, you know, uh, inside baseball in Washington, is that the Obama administration has taken millions of dollars and actually gotten a lot of uh, personnel from Silicon Valley groups, uh, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks and people like that. And so there's this sort of push by the FCC to really punish Internet service providers uh, while helping um, the Facebooks and the Googles of the world and it's really unfair and really concerning that, um, you know, from, from my perspective and from the perspective of protecting that freedom, we, we think that there shouldn't be any government privacy laws. What there should be is a lot of transparency about how these companies are going to use your information. And then you can choose to opt out if you want to. And if you want to use it, then great if you want to take advantage of uh, those companies' offerings. But for the government to micromanage that and play favorites and ultimately help some companies and hurt others, it really, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the most Amer- un-American thing I can think of. It's really chilling. Let me see if I got this right. I think what you're saying is these new government regulations that are supposed to secure our privacy and not allow our data to be sold – are being applied primarily to service providers who don't really make their money selling our data and collecting our data. And those who do make money collecting data and selling it uh, are not going to be subject to these new regulations. Did I get that right? Yeah. So if if the government wanted to be as useless as possible, 
they're doing it because if this goes through, you're exactly right. The people who are a threat to our privacy don't have any new rules, and the people who don't make money off of uh, off of our information and don't have an incentive to to take and collect our information, um, they're the ones who get punished. So it's completely. But I think it goes worse uh, than that, Mr. Johnson. I think it gives us the illusion that the government is working hard to protect our privacy when, in fact, their regulations apply to people who are not invading our privacy. So much of what the FCC does, what the uh, administration does, what what is done, even at the state and local level with um, uh, things like municipal broadband, it's all just these facades and these illusions that the government is doing something to help the Internet when ultimately the Internet is where it is today because the government was so far behind on regulating it that it ultimately didn't have a lot of regulations. And now it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. So in this case... You're exactly right. It it gives an illusion that the government is doing something positive when, in fact, it's not only not doing something positive, it's playing favorites and harming certain com- companies and helping others. And it's it's really exactly the opposite of what government should be doing. Now, I want to get back to the kind of data because we've got a lot of parents listening and grandparents and uh, concerned cousins and uh, aunts and uncles listening. And I want to go back to the kind of data that's collected by Pokemon Go because uh, I've got nephews and uh, and children that uh, are this is all the rage. Uh, but I don't think we stop to think that the location of your child as they're riding their bike from school to the ice cream shop can be downloaded. I can track the movements of your child. I can get in, I can buy your child's website or email address and who your child is talking to. This information's for sale. That's something that I have a niece who loves Pokemon Go and, and, my sister, her mom came to me and said, is this something I should be aware of? And I said, it's something every parent should be aware of because we don't think about this when, when our you know, 10-year-old, 15-year-old uh, son, daughter, niece, nephew, grandchild, whatever it is, is downloading uh, apps or, or you know, using Gmail or whatever the case may be. But the fact of the matter is that anytime something's free uh, that somebody uses on the Internet, there's almost – almost 100% certainty that that, uh, that free thing, whatever it is, is being traded, uh, is, is trading on your information, where you are, um, what you're looking at, other sites you're going to, who you're talking to, uh, how much time you spend talking to them. And where you frequent the and the locations where you, you frequent, frequent and what time of exactly. day you frequent them. And so there's a real concern that if this data gets hacked, if it's sold to the wrong person, if it falls in the wrong hands, then people are going to know where to find your kid at what time. And it's a really concerning issue. That, that's right. And I do not know why the media, the mainstream media, is not covering this because it is a true danger for all children that are downloading these apps onto their mobile phones. We have to take another commercial break, but stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brut Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best U.S. Sparkling Wine Award. We fared really well overall. We had three wines win best of class, which was great. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea, or find us online at CaracccioliCellars.com, or reach us by phone, 831-622-7722. 
Valley Churches United wants to invite you to do your seasonal shopping at their holiday gift shop. You'll enjoy shopping for brand new toys, home goods, jewelry, accessories, and holiday decorations. The boutique is open November 1st through noon on Christmas Eve from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and is located at 9400 Highway 9 in Ben Lomond. All proceeds directly benefit Valley Church's programs for those in need. Hi, Registered Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Known as neurotransmitters with names like dopamine, serotonin, noradrenaline, and GABA, one of the most important of the neurotransmitters is a substance called acetylcholine. It's recognized for its relaxing effects. Acetylcholine actions are involved in calming the body down, opening blood vessels, stimulating secretion of digestive juices, and enhancing the movement of food through the digestive tract. It may have mild antisuppressant effects, and it can enhance libido and sexuality. And acetylcholine also has a heart-slowing effect. But of all the important functions of acetylcholine, none is more important than its beneficial effects on the activity of the intellectual and learning centers of the brain. Deficiencies or defects in acetylcholine processing are associated with anxiety, insomnia, learning disability, dementias, Parkinson's disease, palsies, and other movement disorders, as well as schizophrenia. Make sure you're getting enough of the underappreciated nutrient choline. Choline, the newest nutrient to be included on the list of essential substances, choline is a precursor to acetylcholine, and it's readily available in supplements. It's also a good idea to eat lots of choline-containing foods, including egg yolks, dairy, broccoli, chard, and organ meats. Lecithin granules, readily available in health food stores, are also especially effective as a source of choline. Pharmacist Ben here urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm a pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos, too, at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Michael Olson's first law of the food chain. Agriculture is the foundation upon which we build all our sandcastles. That's right, folks. No surplus of food, no sandcastles. So before we all get upset from the dust and noise of agriculture, let's get together Saturday at 9 a.m. as the Food Chain Radio Show goes behind the scenes of the industry that keeps us all civilized. If you have a comment about the first law of the food chain, tell me, Michael Olson, all about it at MetroFarm.com. Now, see you all on KSCO Saturday at 9 a.m. for some What's Eating What radio on the food chain. What day was that? Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is the National Director of Protect Internet Freedom. It's interesting that uh, almost half the users of the Internet come from Asia, mainly China, where the government restrictions uh, are the harshest. Northern American usage represents only about 5%, which has caused the current administration to fast-track transferring the Internet Assigned Numbers Authority, also called IANA, that assigns and maintains domain names to the global community. And several politicians, including Rubio and Cruz, have expressed concerns about the security risks that this will pose, even going so far as to say that uh, this should be approved by Congress. Where do you stand on this? It really is a concerning issue. What we're talking about, more or less, is the phone book of the Internet. So instead of... um, putting in all these uh, these numbers and dots, we can just put in protectinternetfreedom.com and go to Protect Internet Freedom's website. And essentially that uh, process, that sort of uh, oversight has been taken care of uh, by uh, ultimately the Department of Commerce, a, a sub-agency of the Department of Commerce. And what this fast-track plan by President Obama would do uh, is allow – a nonprofit that ultimately would have a lot of um, pull uh, would would be p- uh, pushed and lobbied by uh, com- countries like uh, Russia and China and people who just don't value um, 
internet freedom the way that we do in the United States. And so the real threat here is uh, what happens to uh, our domain names, uh, things like uh, .gov and .mil, of the military's domain names, uh, could those be taken away? Could those be altered in some way? There's also a lot of concern that the the nonprofit that's going to be managing it ultimately has helped China um, silence uh, users of the internet and 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 keep them off of certain certain websites and really uh, put up this ridiculous firewall that's keeping China from from being able to freely use the internet and so it it sort of rewards the the people that you don't want rewarded you want to you want to reward the people who are making sure that their citizens can use the internet how they see fit uh to look up words like democracy and freedom which you literally cannot do in china uh and this goes against all of that this really puts the internet in the hands of of people who we just don't know what they ultimately want to use it for. Uh, It could put it in the hands of the UN ultimately, but certainly it would allow people like Putin and China to have uh, say over this portion of the internet. Right. And, and to establish uh, different rules, rules that we're not used to with regards to how you can get a website or, uh, or other kind of assigned number uh, or, uh, or address. Uh, and uh, that's not anything that we we normally think about now when you want an internet address because we're a country that believes in freedom of speech you just you know you just apply and pay for it and done uh, but uh, we're now talking about allowing other countries to determine what the rules of, of those assignments might be uh, but there is an argument to be made that uh, with less than five percent of the total number of internet users other countries ought to be able to weigh in on that uh, what do you make of that? I think the day will come where that's completely reasonable. Uh, my concern is the way that it's set up currently is that it goes, uh, the nonprofit that will ultimately run it will be ICANN. And ICANN is just, frankly, the last folks that you would want to run it uh, because, like I said, they've uh, they've actually been sued by the American government for uh, for helping China again, uh, prevent its users from, from visiting certain sites. And, um, yeah, what I would like to see is us as Americans continue to push, and this is something we do every day at Protect Internet Freedom, push countries who limit uh, their, their Internet users and prevent them from using certain websites and, and, frankly, finding out the truth about what's happening in their nation. Uh, we want to push those countries to get better and then as that happens, we'll be able to maybe share uh, more of these opportunities. But right now, there's a real concern that it's going to be uh, that this um, domain process will be hijacked by the wrong people. And another thing to keep in mind is right now, if, if we want a domain name, you know, we go to GoDaddy or somebody like that, and we pay eight bucks or ten bucks and we've right. got it. Uh, under this circumstance, there's a real chance that domain names may cost a lot more. And as you were getting at just a, a moment ago, um, there's there's a real concern that certain web names won't be available, and the dot whatever at the end, uh, you know, a dot freedom, for example, might not even be available. That's right, because be the, you can't even look up the word democracy. Uh, you're not allowed to do that on the Chinese internet. So if you had right. something like, uh, you know, democracytoday.com, uh, it, it may not be allowed for that very reason. So uh, we would be subject to different rules by uh, very repressive uh, regimes. Um, speaking of the free internet, the FCC is pushing municipal broadband expansion as well. Uh, we may all find ourselves paying for services that uh, we get free today, not only in terms of usage fees, but also in terms of taxes that are needed to build out these these statewide broadband services. Is that right? Absolutely. So a lot of governments, uh, and we've certainly seen it um, in Nevada, where I live, in Tennessee, where I'm from, uh, where governments on the local level um, say what we need to do is attract businesses, uh, give our residents the best Internet possible, um, fastest speed, state-of-the-art Internet access. And so they say we should build, as the government, uh, as the local government, as the electric company, uh, we should build a broadband network. The problem with that uh, is that in the history of the United States, government-owned broadband networks have literally never worked. 
every time the government gets in the business of broadband um, and builds these big fiber networks like we see in Chattanooga, like we see in Utah, um, the list goes on and on. What happens is the the initial expense is generally hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's money that we have to pay for as taxpayers. And then the um, the people behind it, uh, the mayor, the the guy who runs the local electric company, gets to feel like a hero for a day. But the problem is that there's millions of dollars in upkeep every year, and so ultimately these these projects are never able to recoup their money. Taxpayers lose millions of dollars a year, and ultimately taxes increase uh, so that uh, that the the upkeep can be managed. There's some terrible examples. Uh, for example, in uh, Utah, in Provo, Utah, there was a, uh, a, a network that was built that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And then um, ultimately, it was, it was about $100 million with, uh, with interest on the bonds that were used. Ultimately, it was sold off for a dollar because they were losing 6 or $7 million a year. And taxes had already be, been raised and ultimately – um, the uh, residents of Provo said, that's enough. We just aren't willing to pay any more because they don't have to use these municipal broadband uh, networks. They can go to whatever local um, internet service provider they've got, you know, whether it's a, a cable company or a phone company or um, you know, a satellite network or whatever. And so that's the, that's the real funny part about this is that in, in 90% of places in America, we already have, more than three options to choose from and where these municipal broadband, excuse me, projects are taking place are almost exclusively places where there's already a lot of competition, where there's already uh, good options and, and people competing to keep prices low and service good. So there's no need other than basically the, the arrogance of, of local officials uh, to build these things. Right. Well, they're building redundant service, and unfortunately, they're building redundant service that isn't as good as the service that is already available to people. And, you know, I take the state of Kentucky. Uh, they, they use that same justification. Well, we're going to get the Internet to people in rural Kentucky that uh, don't have it. But it turned out that 99% can get uh, online via a wireless provider that exists. We have to take our last break, we'll, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Costa Report. struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. Think about all of the things our country accomplished. We didn't just cure polio and win the race to the moon. We also helped raise Europe up from post-war ashes, created and connected highways from coast to coast, and invented the Internet, all things central to our daily lives. How did a relatively young nation pull that off? Talent. Here in the 21st century, America needs talent. We have to produce it and deploy it in ways that are different from the past. In his book, America Needs Talent, Globally recognized leader in philanthropy, higher education, and policy, Jamie Marisotis explains why workforce talent is critical to ushering in a new era of innovation. Get your copy of America Needs Talent and do it today. 
Go to americaneedstalent.com. Wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, a crashing economy. Are you ready? At best, your local stores have a three-day supply of food. Will your family have to fight over what's left? Are you willing to gamble your family's safety that it'll never happen to you? Be wise and be ready with 25-year shelf life Wise Food Storage. Wise Food Storage provides affordable, ready-made gourmet meals with a super long 25-year shelf life. Meals like pasta alfredo, cheesy lasagna, breakfast, dessert, drinks, and snacks. Just add water and your family is eating delicious food instead of fighting for scraps in a food riot. Try it free. Order a no-obligation free sample meal delivered right to your front door. And for a limited time, get a 10% discount and free shipping on all orders. Once done, you're set for 25 years. Be wise and be ready with Wise Food Storage. Call for your free sample now. 800-775-9353. Here's how to laugh off high energy bills. Listen to the Get It Right Solar Show Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. here on KSCO. Be one of the first 10 callers to 805-372-0072 and get $1,000 off solar. Yes, you'll instantly save $1,000 on your solar by calling 805-372-0072 or by going to thesolarprofit.com and filling out the online request form. That's thesolarprofit.com. Tune in Get It Right Solar this Saturday, 8 a.m. on KSCO. Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Marlene. And we're the hosts of Flavors. On KSCO 1080. We're going to be talking about restaurants, cookbooks. Wine and reviews. And all sorts of other things. If you like olive oils, this is the place. So remember to tune in on Sundays at noon. And remember, Flavors Everything. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and we're speaking today with Drew Johnson. So about this time, a lot of listeners are probably shaking their heads and wondering what they can do to protect their privacy, uh, protect their children, stop the U.S. government from taking control of the Internet or making uh, unwise investments in statewide broadband. So tell us about Protect Internet Freedom. I believe at last count you had over 1.6 million supporters. Is that right? We do, and those supporters really are what make Protect Internet Freedom because um, by, by being one of those supporters, getting our emails, keeping up with what we're doing, that allows you to really have a voice uh, when the FCC, for example, tries to uh, push through these ridiculous privacy laws and these um, zero rating uh, laws where they're, where they're trying to take away free data. It allows you to, to make public comments when the FCC is making these rules. And the FCC really takes those comments into account. Um, for example, with the privacy issue that we talked about a little earlier, uh, 90% of the comments that were made were on our side. And we really spurred a lot of those comments. And I hope that the FCC will listen. And um, But there's and a little bit of, I want to point out, there's a little bit of gamesmanship yeah. that goes on there because there is a defined period in which you can comment. And it tends to be relatively short. And you better get your comments in at that time. That's right. One of the things we saw with that privacy issue is that they had a glitch. The FCC had a glitch, and it ended up uh, making it so that hundreds of thousands of commenters couldn't get their comments in on time. So they can play some games, but luckily we can we can get the word out when they do it and hopefully uh, restrict that and make it so that it doesn't happen in the future. But with Protect Internet Freedom, we believe that there's really no more pressing public policy issue than Internet freedom. And it's something that's so overlooked and some of it's because it's so new and it's so uh, it, it's so fast moving, and some of it's because it's really esoteric. And when you talk about things like zero rating, what in the world is that? And you have to explain it's it's free data on your cell phone. And so we hopefully synthesize some of that and and explain it in ways that people can can understand. So I really encourage people to go to our website, protectinternetfreedom.com, and and we'll keep you up to date on what the government's trying to do uh, to take away your internet freedoms, what you can do about it. And another part of it, it's not just all, uh, you know, pushing back against um, 
dumb FCC rules or, or bad decisions by government, but it also looks at the international stuff that we were talking about uh, a segment or two ago, where in, in places like Germany, where you would think they wouldn't have problems with internet freedom, there are real issues with uh, silencing people who question the government. Uh, with places like China and Russia, obviously you have the government trying to keep them, uh, their people from understanding what's happening on the global broader scale uh, with their countries. So it's about half um, making sure that our government does the right thing and half making sure that people do have freedom to take advantage of this wonderful, amazing revolution that's given so many people voices that never had them before in the Internet. Well, I will tell you, I do a lot of work overseas, and there is nothing more shocking than being in Shanghai and trying to collect your emails here in the United States and having that that daunting government warning come up. <laughs> that same situation. Uh, right, you get this government warning that says you will be arrested, right, uh, immediately if you continue. Uh, to try to access, say, yeah, and, and uh, it, it's pretty shocking. Uh, and, uh, and it, of course, it comes up when you try to access anything on YouTube, any videos, any emails. Uh, they are watching constantly and, uh, and you will be thrown into prison and uh, that'll be the last anybody hears from you. Now, I always like to follow the money when it comes to organizations like Protect Internet Freedom. How is your organization funded? Who finances you? We get a lot of our money from from those members you talked about. We're, we're fortunate to have uh, a good number of members who believe in what we do, uh, who supports us, uh, who, who who who's sort of willing to put their money where their mouth is as far as what they believe. Uh, we also do get some corporate uh, contributions. We get Silicon Valley money. We get uh, you know quite a number of different places support us. But ultimately, um, you know, we have a, a pretty clearly defined mission. And so uh, we would, I would imagine the service providers would want to uh, be on your side. I'm not so sure about the Googles and Facebooks of the world. We actually get uh, really broad support, and it, there's a lot of people who feel threatened by uh, government regulations. But like I said, ultimately, it's, it's uh, more than anything, it's people who believe that, uh, that their rights on the Internet should be protected, that the Internet is what it is today because uh, a lack of government regulation, not because of the government. And that really uh, you know, covers a lot of people across a broad spectrum from the left to the right and a, a lot of uh, different kind of, uh, kinds of uh, interests and thoughts. So we're very fortunate in that we're on the right side of issues and people understand that freedom ultimately is, is what has allowed the Internet to be this great uh, force for democracy. Mm-hmm. Who's your largest sponsor? To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it's, so it's so diversified nobody jumps out. Right, and I'm certainly not the person who um, goes out and keeps the lights on. I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, that fundraising fundraising is not my strong suit, so we have other people do that. So, well, yeah, it's always say. something that's fun to delegate when you can delegate it. Uh, it's a very, very <laughs> exactly. tough road with so many so right. many nonprofits in the United States. Before we run out of time, where can listeners go today to get more information about Protect Internet Freedom? protectinternetfreedom.com and then we also have uh, we're also obviously on Twitter and on Facebook and and please follow us uh, join our fight uh, help us make sure that the internet remains uh, remains free and the government uh, government hands remain off the internet mm-hmm. uh, now give that address one more time sure it's protectinternetfreedom.com protectinternetfreedom.com for those of you that like to contribute and uh, be on the side of uh, making sure that the these uh, costly, costly uh, broadband Internet systems don't get built out. I'm going to talk about that a little bit in our second hour as well. Uh, that is all the time that we have today. So um, we I want to say goodbye. I want to say thank you for the good work that you're doing and uh, also for your public service. Thank you, Mr. Johnson, for joining us today. Thank you, Rebecca. It's been a pleasure. 
If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Drew Johnson, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're all over the Internet and easy to reach. Uh, our web address is my name. It couldn't be any easier. It's myname.com. And I bet... If we didn't have control of assigning uh, domain addresses, I, I wouldn't be. I, w- I probably wouldn't even be able to have that address. <laughs> if you missed the full interview with Johnson or any of our other guests, you can download previous episodes of the Costa Report from Apple, iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel, and also our website again, at, which is myname.com, RebeccaCosta.com, and be sure to link the interview uh, that you just heard to your friends and help us read out to anyone who may have missed the conversation today, uh, particularly where it, it concerns your privacy, the privacy of your children, and so on. Uh, you play a very big part in getting information like the interview you heard today out to folks who would benefit from hearing it straight from the horse's mouth. So do your part and post and link the interview and share what we have now discovered uh, with others. Next week, we'll be airing one of our best of 2016 interviews. While I take a little time off to be with my family for the holidays, we'll be rebroadcasting our interview with the greatest corporate turnaround expert in the world, Mr. Greg Brenneman, who was responsible for the successful turnarounds of Continental Airlines, Burger King, Quiznos, and dozens of other companies which found themselves in a tailspin. You don't want to miss Greg Brenneman. Uh, what a phenomenal businessman and uh, and an ethical, principled leader, uh, something we don't hear much from uh, these days. Find out how Brenneman brought these companies back to life and the simple principles that companies, large and small businesses, can follow to become and stay the leaders in their field. Brenneman has a new book out, and he covers those principles, and you don't want to miss this rebroadcast of our interview with him. That's Greg Brenneman next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management